Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Hi. Welcome to The Wedding Dish, the podcast where we chat with real married or engaged couples, wedding professionals, and read listeners' stories about all things wedding over a bottle of rosé. Yeah. From the planning process to the celebration to heartwarming moments or embarrassing stories, you'll hear tips, tricks, tidbits, anecdotes, and funny stories because sometimes you've just got to laugh at life's craziest moments. That's Sarah Alipin, owner of District Bliss and co-owner of Photos from the Hardy. And that's Steph Norton, entrepreneur and producer. We've both been involved in the wedding industry for years and love sharing real life stories, supporting other businesses, and pretty much spreading positivity wherever we go. So let's dish. Today we'll be hanging out with Arielle Lewis, an incredibly talented hair and makeup artist and the owner of Ariel Lewis LLC, which is a DMV-based makeup and hair company. I think uh, it was probably a few years ago that you launched the A-List, which is national. I don't remember when, but I do know it was over margaritas. It was definitely over margaritas. It was <laughs> probably sometime shortly after Cruz was born back in 2016. We decided to launch the A-List to kind of service the community outside of just weddings because for years we had had so many people asking us for services beyond their wedding day and so it was a great way to kind of be able to provide that for them that's awesome and we're so happy to have you here today it's been far too long since we've gotten together on a personal note and I guess a podcast is a great reason to get together and have a glass of wine. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me. What have you been up to? So recently I have actually, well, last week I was on vacation, which was incredible. We were in Aruba and it was really tough, I'll be honest, getting back to reality after leaving paradise. But um, I'm back in full swing of things. I've actually started this thing called Tutorial Tuesdays on my Instagram. So cool. And it's, it's fun. I... I'm one of those people that when I say I'm going to do something, I'm like 110% committed to it. I'm sure people would have understood if they were like, Ariel, you're on vacation. It's fine. You can skip a tutorial Tuesday, but I definitely did not want to. So I had tutorial Tuesday the day I arrived to Aruba. I got back Monday night, did one on Tuesday. And I also recently started a YouTube channel. So it's all about teaching everyday women, both clients of mine and clients, you know, potential clients, people who've perhaps don't even live in the area, how to do their own makeup as not a professional makeup artist. So breaking it down from like a really basic skill level and introducing them to cool products and just kind of walking them through the process. And that's so cool because it it's friendly for people who aren't necessarily on a big wedding budget, who want to do it by themselves or just everyday people. Um, it's really cool, selfless thing that, you know, it's not necessarily business related. It's just something cool that you're doing for the community at large. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for recognizing that. I mean, I think that anybody that has a uh, expertise and a skill set in something, if they're not you know, willing to share that with others, it's almost selfish. So um, I've, I've really enjoyed being able to kind of grow that Tutorial Tuesday vibe and the, the YouTube channel. It's a lot of work though, way much work, way more work than I originally thought it was going to be, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I love it. And you do take um, 
you take requests for Tutorial Tuesdays I do. on your Instagram. So if anybody wants to be my model for Tutorial Tuesday, hit Ooh. me up with a DM at Ariel Lewis LLC. You can come be my model for the day and I can teach you how to do whatever trick it is that you'd like to learn. Yeah, she even taught me stuff about nail polish recently. <laughs> that SE gel nail polish oh, that yeah. isn't really gel, so it comes off normally. Yeah. So handy. It's awesome. Um, so we want to talk to you about your experience as a wedding professional and as someone who actually is married. Um, in my experience as a photographer, I've seen that the hair and makeup artists really set the tone for the day because they're the first vendor to arrive on the scene. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to arrive so early in the day and then leave before most people would call the wedding day starts? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And I often say that to our brides when they come in for trial runs. There's kind of two parts that are important for a trial. Not only do you want to make sure that you love how your hair and makeup looks, right? So the overall look that we create is on point for you. You also want to make sure that you're compatible with the artist because it's literally the first vendors, like you said, that you're going to see that day. They set the tone for the day. So if they're duds and it's like pulling teeth trying to talk to them, you know, that might not be a great match. Or if they're just, you know, too chatty, Kathy. And it just, it depends on your own personal, you know, personality and the vibe that you want. I think that I've learned over the years now, you know, nine years in, in the wedding industry, you, you really have to be intuitive um, and understand your bride's personality. Some girls are really anxious and I feel like it's part of our job to like make sure that we're keeping it zen in there for them. Other girls are like, I want to be amped up. I want to have a great time. Like put on the music, make me feel pretty, like put on the clueless soundtrack, you know? <laughs> so you got to kind of just like adhere to what the vibe in that room is and and be able to to do that while simultaneously creating this this look, this perfect look for their day. Which is just amazing. And I personally can attest to the fact that I've seen you create that zen-like atmosphere. <laughs> and then um, where I've come in, where it's been like a party where you're dancing while you're putting on makeup <laughs> and stuff. And it's like crazy. The bride's all into it and everybody's around. And um, it's, it's really cool to see both of those sides. It is. It's fun. It's fun. So what is the craziest thing you've seen happen at a wedding? So I would say the craziest thing I've seen happen at a wedding would have to be the Belvedere Hotel story. Um, it, Baltimore, about three, three or four years ago now, we had a beautiful bride who decided that she would like to, because she was you know, not really into the whole all eyes on me, uh, so she did something that we actually haven't seen since then, where she had her bridesmaids get ready at the hotel while she had a private ceremony with just her family. And I thought that was really a great tactic to be able to, you know, be comfortable for herself. So we said, great. We went to the hotel. And this particular hotel, the way it's set up, they have this thing called the parlor room. And so she had hired a separate hair company from ours. Um, and we had 16 people to do that day. So when we arrive and there's that many people, we immediately jump in and we've got two artists on the go. Myself as the lead. I had an assistant, Sammy, with me. And we were like, ladies, go ahead and have a seat. So we get jump in. We get started. 20 minutes into it, the maid of honor sitting in my seat. She leans into me and she's like, Ariel, I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to step on your toes. I just want to make sure that we're on schedule. And I was like, what do you mean? We're, we're perfectly on schedule. Like we're taking care of two people at once here. The timeline's perfectly on par. Like we're good to go. Don't, no worries. She's like, well, no, see, here's the thing. 
I'm the maid of honor, right? And then we have like all of these bridesmaids and like the girl that's in Samantha's chair, I'm not sure who she is, but she's not on the roster. So like we're oh behind now. And I was like, wait a minute, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean you don't know who this girl is? So we look over at the girl and I just frankly said to her, I was like, excuse me, what's your name? And it was like a Quentin Tarantino movie. I saw this girl's eyes just like jet to the table in front of her and the bride had had like gifts lined up with little name tags on them. And she was like, my name's, my, my name's Margaret. I'm Margaret. And the maid of honor looked at me and then looked at her and was like, you're not Margaret. Margaret's the mother of the groom. So I look at her and I was like, well, if you're not Margaret, who are you? She goes, I'm so sorry. I'm with the hair team. What? I've never gotten my makeup professionally done before. And when you told everyone to just have a seat, they didn't need me at the time. I've got all my tools in this backpack right here. I'm sorry. I just jumped in. And we were like, what? So we walk all the way over to the other side of the parlor room and we go, excuse me, like to the hair team. What is up with these people you hire? They're sitting here getting their makeup done on the bride's dollar. Our timeline's behind. Now the makeup artist, the hairstylist runs over to the other side of the room, mortified, looks at the girl and she goes, you don't work for my team. I've never seen you before a day in my life. Whoa. And the girl's sitting there like, ah, ah. We're like, now everyone's in panic. They're like clutching their purses. They're like, oh my gosh, who is this crazy person? And I'm legit like, this is a crazy, this Mm -hmm. is a crazy dodo person. Like, I mean, where did you come from? So I looked at her and I was like, you need to pay my artist the money that you owe her for doing the makeup. You've completely like overstepped your bounds. Somebody calls security, get her out of here. So the girl winds up saying she doesn't have any cash. She gives me this credit card that says valued card holder on it. Like the kind that you give like your kid when it comes in the mail because it's not real. Like American Express sends it to you. She gives me that. She tells me she doesn't have her license on her. So she gives me her passport. So to this day, I've got this girl's passport picture in my favorite section of my phone. It's like my favorite party story. And the rest of the day, I like rallied the bridesmaids. I was like, listen, lady, now we are a little bit behind schedule but we are going to come together and we are going to make this happen and we're not going to let the bride know because it's going to cause her a lot of anxiety so and p.s ladies you guys are like her best friends how did you not notice this girl didn't belong and they were like ariel she walked in like she owned the place she was buttering her bagel sipping champagne like she was having conversations with people making up how she knew the bride so that was by far the craziest thing i've ever seen this solves a mystery because i ended up we ended up behind schedule at my sister's wedding and I ended up finishing up some people Hmm. doing their makeup with my own makeup. Oh no. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was okay. It was fine, but we never really could figure it out because you know, when you're in the moment and it's so busy and you just want your sister to be happy and you don't know what's happening. You stepped in and helped out. Wait, was, was it your sister's wedding that this happened? It was my sister's wedding. And I'm thinking now. But not this story. Not this story, but I'm thinking. They <laughs> oh finished everyone that day. I'm thinking <laughs> this happened because there was a person like that that came mm. into the mix underneath. I mean, is this Maybe. a thing? Like I don't know. Wedding I've stalkers? never seen it again. I've never seen it's it like again. She was crashers. literally a crazy person that walked off the street of Baltimore <laughs> and walked in. And sat down, and everyone was just like, she looked like she belonged, I guess. I don't know. How have I never heard this story? <laughs> heard this story? No. It might have been before I met you, maybe. I mean, this is hilarious. It's my favorite story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are good friends, and we I've are. never heard this story. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. I'll show you the picture when you get off the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot wait to see. Okay, so after that, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to talk business for a second. Okay. Um, So Ariel, you've been a business owner for nine years now, so I'm sure you have a lot to share. Why did you just start? Why did you decide to start your own business? So 
I think the reason I honestly decided to start my own business was I wanted the flexibility. I wanted to, I was at the time working as an SLP in the Howard County Public School System. And then when my husband and I got pregnant with Selena back in 2011, I had this fantasy in my mind that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And when the reality of that started to settle in for me, I realized my husband's in banking. Uh, and he's he's excellent with finances and very grateful for that. But he's also, you know, kind of frugal. And I had this intuitive kind of like seeing into the future of him having this kind of budget and this whole like, this is just to keep us on track. Like we don't have two incomes anymore. This is how we're going to be able to make this work. So I realized hashtag I need- relatable. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, good. I'm happy that he's that like that because I'm so not. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a good balance for us. But basically I was like, I need to have a side hustle. I don't care if I'm selling chiclets on the street. Like I need to do something. And I was like, well, I love makeup. What a great reference. Makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Latina Mexican. That's, so that's what the girl that's in Baltimore the, does. The, the, yeah. The yeah. girl that ran into the, to the Belvedere. What? So, <laughs> so basically I was like, all right. In, in, in college I was a makeup artist. I worked for Bobby Brown Cosmetics at the Nordstrom counter. I didn't want to go back to retail. I didn't like selling it. I only liked, you know, doing it. So I decided to kind of call people up and say, hey, you know, friends, family, please spread the word organically. I wasn't on Instagram at the time. Facebook, I wasn't really, you know, strong on Facebook. So it was very word of mouth. Um, and that's kind of how it all got started. Cool. So you basically just were working like at a makeup counter and then you just started doing your friends makeup and in college, like, people were just like, hey, yeah, I know someone who can do this. And you built your business from just doing that, like word of mouth. That is so cool. And in college, it was like, hey, I know this chick down the street at Towson that'll do it for like 30 bucks or free if you give her some some champagne, you know, well, not champagne at the time. It was probably like Natty Bow, but mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that's started. a really cool founder story, everybody. Um, so what do you think? What is the coolest thing about owning your own business? I would say the flexibility Um, being a hundred percent owner in my own business means that when it comes time to make big decisions, executive decisions, I, I actually enjoy the fact that I don't have to go and, you know, seek someone out that owns partial ownership in my business or a partner that I have to get their permission, permission to do something. I can, I can curate this business from a couple of different perspectives into, into how I want it to be from a leadership aspect with how I manage my team and that team culture, how I cultivate that and create that from my customer service with my clients, from just the overall vibe and, and team camaraderie that we have. I really like the creative control I have. This is great. It sounds like you're a real champion for women and your clients are a lot of women and you're mm-hmm. employing them as a result of your success. So this is wonderful. Um, So what do you think is the hardest thing about owning your own business? You know, everybody fantasizes about how great it is to not have your own, like not have a boss. But I would say being your own boss, not having somebody else that things can, that you can rely on when, when things get rough, because it's not always perfect, you know, and ultimately having a team of 35 makeup and hair artists, a lot of management of other people. And I, I come from the type of mindset that it's like, no matter what happens, whatever rift happens in the business, it's ultimately my responsibility. It's my fault. It's I'm the business owner. So even if it's I'm not your makeup artist and you had a trial run with another stylist on my team and you weren't 100% happy, I take the perspective of this is my business. And at the end of the day, like I'm going to give you a free trial run. I'm going to repair you with someone else, but I take full responsibility for that. And to be frank, I mean, it's, it's exhausting sometimes. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. What is it called? Like the buck stops here, right? Yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah, I mean, this is great. Um, 
I'm wondering now that you've heard the real thing, like, yeah, it sounds great. Have your own business. Yay. Right. (laughs) But like, you're the one left holding the bag. You have to answer to everybody Mm -hmm. and it's your name on the product or on the service. Right. Right. Um, If someone wanted to start a business like yours, what advice would you give to them? So I actually mentor a lot of women who want to step into my field and women who have completely different businesses from mine. And often I think what I realized somewhere along the way in, in kind of having these very authentic conversations with them, I realized that kind of part of the secret to my success was not putting all of that business pressure on my business in the beginning. It was very much a creative outlet for me. And I was more focused on providing excellent customer service and building this team culture and making it this kind of like, you know, community over competition, girl boss, girl boss, you don't work for me, you work with me kind of a thing, focusing on that. And then as time went on, and money really started to flow in, I started to obviously go and I didn't know anything about owning my own business or managing people. So I read a lot of books and things like that, but I didn't put that business pressure of crafts and dollars and, and raise capital. And you can't start your own business until you have X amount of money to be able to open up a brick and mortar or until you have enough money to pay for a $12,000 website with perfect SEO and all of that kind of stuff. It was just, I did what I could do with the money that I had. I didn't borrow money from anyone. I didn't borrow money from my husband. I really wanted it to be a hundred percent my own. So I, I raised $5,000 by myself over time to be able to build my kit. And it was me and my kit and my customers. And that was it until eventually more artists came in because I was referring so many people things. I was like, this is silly from a business mindset. I should, you know, you should come work with me and together I'll take care of the marketing and you, you know, you do that thing that you're great at doing. This is amazing advice. Um, I'm just like blown away by how you did this and Such put it a together perspective. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not typically, you know, women are overlooked and it's business is focused on, even though we own so many businesses about raising capital and Facebook and, and these type of things. And here we have the success right here. It's just amazing to hear. I think to your point, like what our biggest strength as women is truthfully what I've seen. And the reason why we dominate things like social media, which is a multi-billion dollar industry is our intuition and our ability to connect with others. We are so much stronger at that naturally than men are and men might be really great at other things and they're we love them and we need them in our in our lives but truthfully I feel like now that this social media thing has really become such a big you know platform and women are embracing it they're realizing they have just so much to offer from that space amazing well that's great advice and I totally agree with you Um, It seems like we might need to refill our wine glasses, ladies. So let's take a short break and then we'll be back. Perfect.
we're back. Let's talk about your wedding. Tell us about your proposal. Oh, that's a funny story. So um, Eric is very much a romantic and I'm kind of not, like, to be honest, I'm just not that girl that's like, oh, tell me my eyes are like the stars. Like, that's just not me. And Eric's a Libra. Like, that is him 100%. And it's so sweet. And, I, and I, I've learned to embrace He's it. so cute. It's pretty cute. So he, he wanted to really go all out with this engagement. And I did not see it coming, to be honest. I knew we were going out for a nice dinner. He took me to this spot in Baltimore. It's called Meze. Yeah. And he was like pounding the sangria. And that's just not like him. He was like three sangrias in. And I was like, what is your deal? What's going oh on here? Gosh. So I knew something was up because he was acting really weird and like nervous. And so he takes me to the Belvedere, which is funny because now everybody's going to think like all my funny stories come from the Belvedere, but they really do. So I was at the L bar in the Belvedere. Side note, like fast, no, rewind six, seven months prior, I had been growing out my hair. I chopped it all off. I had a pixie cut. Okay. So picture me with like Halle Berry pixie cut. Oh, the growth of that, like the growing out of that hairstyle is awful. Like I just couldn't live with it. I looked Mm -hmm. crazy. So one of my girlfriends in college was like, Oh, well, you know, go get a wig go buy a wig. Like you can, you can handle the growth process if you buy a wig. I was like, all right. So I went to one of these like really fancy wig spots and I got myself a wig and it was, it was cute at the time. I thought it was cute. Now I look back at those photos. I'm mortified, (laughs) mortified. So I have the photos. Oh, they're awful. So I put this wig on my head. I'm wearing this like cachet dress. We go up to Albar and Eric is just acting all kinds of shady up there. The guy's (laughs) like, hello, Mr. Lewis, like, welcome. We've got your table ready. I was like, who? are you why does he know your I'm name dying. what's going on he's like oh i'm taking you salsa dancing i was like okay all right so we get up on the dance floor and basically we start dancing for about 10 minutes and then they're like okay we're going to take everyone off the dance floor now except for eric lewis and ariel santiago and that's when my heart was like oh, oh my god oh my gosh, what is happening? There's <laughs> lots of people. I don't know, maybe a hundred people in that room. And I don't, I mean, I don't know any of them. And so it's a bunch of people just staring at us because we're on this little platform. Oh my God. Everyone clears off. Eric drops the knee and he's like, I'm sorry I lied to you. I didn't invite you to dance here with me tonight. I invited you to dance with me for the rest of my life. Oh, I start crying oh my God. so hard and I lift my head back and all of a sudden I was like, my wig. Wait, I literally the first thought like it ruined my moment all I wanted to do was just you know be in, in the moment and like you know I cry and I felt my wig shift and I was like oh my god if my wig falls off in front of all of these people I will literally I will die I cannot I cannot I was so mortified all of a sudden like you know my mom pops out and like my family's there and I've got friends there and they're like hey yeah, we were here the whole time I was like oh I have to run to the bathroom I had to run to the bathroom five seconds after instead of like hugging him and being like, yes, I'm so happy. I was like, my wig. I have to go into the bathroom. He's like, I'm going to tell our children that story one day. I was like, oh, please don't. I have no pictures from my engagement. Thank goodness you weren't there or any other photographer to capture that because I would have been mortified. It would have been the most heinous photo of me ever. You probably would have looked stunning. No. I Mm -mm. would also have been mortified if anyone was there. Eric used to call it the sea biscuit. He's like, are you going to go oh. put on Seabiscuit? Oh, my oh. God. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is hysterical. Because it was real human hair. I love him. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the funniest. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. How funny. Um, 
well, what, if anything, not proposal about your wedding would you change? Um, so honestly, I feel like I would change a lot of things about my wedding. I, at the time, was not a wedding vendor. I was I had no familiar, familiarity with the wedding industry. This was before Pinterest. It was before, you know, you had these, like, epic event planners, at least that I knew of, that could curate this, like, and before people were really trying to get um, featured in, like, Washingtonian and Baltimore Bride and all these types of things. I feel like now I would be aiming for that all day, to be honest. <laughs> I really would. I have, like, a list of people that I just fantasize would be, like, my people that I would go to. But at the time, we were we were paying for our wedding ourselves. Um, we we had a very tight budget, and uh, banking you know, budget. Yeah, we had that frugal banking budget. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was it was you know it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful, but everything from like my dress to my eyebrows to my florals, like I probably would have changed a lot of things. Yeah. Eyebrows. What what did your eyebrows look this like? Back in two thousand nine. I mean, my eyebrows were way too thin. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah, I look back at those photos and I want to like pencil them in with a sharpie <laughs> in my album. I hate my eyebrows. But one thing I do love about my wedding is that I I really it was important to me to incorporate a lot of my cultural elements, being that I was born in Mexico. Uh, although I was raised here since I was five, that was my opportunity to really like have have that Mexican vibe kind of come into play and so we incorporated like the Mexican money dance and um some of the like little decor and things like that were were very Mexican and I actually changed at one point during my wedding which I love those photos from my white wedding dress to a full on like Mexican paisana dress with oh, all wow. these colors oh and like it was beautiful and Eric did the dance with me and oh, you know what does really the money cool. dance mean like what's the meaning of it so I think a lot of cultures have a version of it but basically in the Mexican culture you and your grooms sit in the middle of a circle and everyone circles around you and they bring out bills and you have this basket and they like they oh, dance nice. around you and girl <laughs> we got like a lot of money from that. I think we got something like 700, 800 bucks from that money dance. And I didn't even have to like, I didn't have to dance. Everyone else danced for me. I just, I just said I didn't have to wear a seat biscuit. It was great. It was great. We took that money on our honeymoon. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Um, how did you choose your wedding vendors? I know you were on a tight budget, but other than that, I mean, you weren't in the wedding industry yet. You didn't have a lot of familiarity with people. So how did you choose them? Yeah, I mean, back then we had this book called Wedding 411. And so I remember like going through that book. I had a binder. I would like cut out Google images and, and pictures from like wedding magazines and plaster them into this binder. And I just kind of like you know, I mean, we did have the internet, so I was able to like look people up online, just like the first three people that popped up. I was really not, I feel like the whole industry has changed so much from 2009. Back then it was like, I don't know, your mom tells you who you're inviting and tells you like, Hey, this is our budget for the cake. You know, the, even though we were paying for it, but like, this is, this is what, and we kind of asked around other friends, but it just, nowadays there's so many cool resources out there. I mean, I just, girls today are are very lucky they can really curate the perfect experience for themselves yeah and grooms too because a lot of grooms are super involved in the wedding planning process maybe not on the makeup end no but (laughs) sometimes sometimes I actually have had a groom who got his hair um like done a little bit because Mm -hmm. he was worried the calic was gonna show 
Yeah, we have guys that come in for spray tans. We've got guys that come in and like, they're just conscientious of the fact that, you know, they're, they're they've got pressure now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Brad Pitt good. puts makeup on. So why not them? They look mm-hmm. great. It's, it's weird when I've got the guy that like sits in on the makeup trial <laughs> and wants to like give all the advice. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I just, I want more lashes. Really? I like, I like blush that's this tone. And I'm like, huh? Wow. My husband okay. was like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you look good no matter what you do. Aww. That's a good one. Good and guy. I really don't want to have any input on this decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was, was like, well, do you like the hair? Well, uh, yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a good test to know whether you want to go through with it. Yes. <laughs> like, how do I look? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a good guy. He is like a good it. guy. Um, what advice could you offer to engaged couples planning their weddings as both a wedding professional and as a married human being? So as a married human being, I would say the best advice I can give is something someone told Eric and I, which was keep in mind that this is one of the only times in your life that you're going to have these many people that love you both this much in one room celebrating. So like take a moment at the end of the night or in the middle of the night to look around that room and just like take it all in. And I remember Eric and I both did that on our wedding day and we were just like breathtaking by that, by that like reality, you know? That's so Um, nice. So that gave me goosebumps. That was really beautiful. It was really, really nice. And from a, from a vendor perspective, I would say now with all the resources that brides have out there, you know, do your research, make sure that your vendors are aligned with the vision that you have. Uh, You know, you can meet your vendors now, you can chat with them on the phone, you come in for trial runs. Frankly, you get what you pay for a lot of times. The wedding industry, people think to themselves, oh, well, why is it so much more expensive when it's a wedding instead of, you know, it's just like when you have a baby. It's like, well, here's the reality of it. Your wedding day is not your birthday. It's not coming back next year. (laughs) It's a one-time shot. And so you need to have the type of professionals that really know how to deliver, be on time, execute to the top level of you know their abilities over and over again consistently like it it's just there's a difference you read reviews now you can really tell through a website through an instagram portfolio because that's really what it is it's Mm -hmm. a page that shows you do i want am i aligned from the makeup and hair perspective with the vibe that's going on here if it's a lot of really dark heavy shadow and red lips and that's not your style it's probably not the best makeup artist for you even if she has 500 excellent reviews and everyone raves about her if she doesn't align visually with what you're thinking it's probably not the best move same thing goes for event planners and photographers you know so just i think it's easier now actually people Mm -hmm. can really figure out what they want and, and custom pick but reach out to your vendors at least a year in advance all of the ones that are at your top three they go really quickly you can't yeah. call us you know three months before your wedding and be like i found you on instagram i love your work can you please work with me it's like i can't break my contract <laughs> with a girl who booked me you know 18 months ago i'm mm-hmm. sorry yeah Actually, we know. have people reach out three years in advance yeah, wow. it's insane i mean granted we also have some people who reach out a month in advance For and sure. they're able to book <laughs> us because we happen to have an opening that weekend yeah there's always and one you get lucky weekend. sometimes yeah i wouldn't i would tell them not to not call for sure try yeah. But I'd say like, so for makeup and hair for the first like four years of my business, we were bottom of the totem pole. Like everyone books your event planner first, your photographer first, like your, your venue is super important, your caterer is super important. And I still think that that's absolutely at the top of the list. But when it comes to like most people, most women at least, like how they look 
is super important to them. And so I think it's shifting now. I've seen in the last four years of my business, we're getting called like right after that venue's being booked or right after that photographer's being booked or right after that event planner's being booked because it's becoming more and more of a reality for them how important that piece of it is. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot more makeup techniques than there used to be. Yes, and there's a lot more artists than there used to be too. And a lot more hairstyles yes, than there, there used are. to be. There are, yeah. <laughs> so much variety. Um, what is the most important decision you made about your wedding? Um, I would say the most important decision I made about my wedding was to not sweat the small stuff, to just not freak out over little things that didn't matter because ultimately I was about having a good time that day. I wanted to get through that ceremony and I wanted to party with my husband and my family and my friends. And like afterwards, people pointed things out to me like, oh, did you notice that the florist forgot to put rose petals as you walked down the aisle? I was like, no, I didn't notice because I didn't care that much. I was looking at my husband. Yeah, I was literally like trying to hold back the tears because I was excited, you know? And, and and by the way, we got married in a, in a garden and there was like, it sounds so romantic, but there's like bees and like bugs and you're like, Ugh, get away from my bouquet. But just not to sweat the small stuff. I mean, really, if it's not taken care of within 24 hours of your wedding, let it go. It doesn't matter. It's not that important. The big stuff is done. Yeah. And you've hired professionals that can handle anything that gets thrown their way. Yep. So thank you so much for being here today, Arielle. It has been such a blast. And it's always so lovely to see your smiling face. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I'm excited about this podcast you girls are creating. I think it's such a cool thing. I think that, you know, for, for the bride and groom to have a space where they can kind of relate with the stories that are being shared and feel like they're not because it's overwhelming it's overwhelming planning a wedding can be really overwhelming so it's nice to have a space where you're just like oh they get it you know you've got your things like your online stuff but for me visual and auditory stuff is so much easier to kind of listen to and relate to so I think it's really cool what you guys are doing here well, thank you. thank you. And we love you so much. Do you have any promotions or anything that you're running right now that we should let our listeners know about? Um, so I would say if they are interested in learning more about myself and our team, um, we have these giveaways that we do. We actually have a big one coming up. Uh, it's about like a $200 value in product. I, I have a lot of um, brands that, that help sponsor them. So if they want to enter that, they can subscribe to our newsletter. They can reach out to us on Instagram and if they mention this podcast, why not? I will give them $50 off of their trial run. Oh my gosh, what? that's so nice. Yay. Yay. Wow, Thank you. that's amazing. Yay. Well, if you haven't already, be sure to follow, follow Ariel on Instagram at Ariel Lewis LLC. And Ariel is spelled like the Little Mermaid. A-R-I-E-L. Yes. <laughs> and visit her website, ariellewis.com. And um, you definitely don't want to miss out on that promotion or the giveaway. We're, that's just wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Um, and thank you all for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Wedding Dish on your preferred podcast listening platform. Um, and oh, if you have wedding stories that you'd like to share with us and have us read on the air, please send them to us at weddingdishpodcast at gmail. And um, thanks again for listening. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for chatting with with us on The Wedding Dish, the podcast where we dish about all things wedding. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast and like us on Facebook and we'll catch you all next week. We're going to finish this bottle of rosé. Thank you. Cheers.